you know, especially as we head into the U.S. Open, who who would you take if you had, you know, you had to pick one going into that next major? Yeah, I think I'd probably pick Victor Hovland. Um, oh wow! Yeah, uh, if Victor Hovland is just a little bit above average in his in his around the green stats, then he's going to be right there. Welcome back to The Loop. I'm Alex Myers. As always, I'm joined by Steve Hennessy, Christopher Powers. Got a huge show this week. Two big guests. Smiley Kaufman will be joining us along with Rick Tockett to give us a little Stanley Cup Finals analysis. I know CP is especially thrilled about that. He's the big pucks head around here. But uh, Rick Tockett, and of course, check out the finals on TNT, part of our our company got to get that little plug in there. Well right done. There. Well done. Well done. Um, very, very subtle. Uh, but first, let's talk about the Memorial. Uh, and and we got two major things to talk about because we have Victor Hovland, who's the obviously member of the vaunted PGA Tour class of 2019, and then we have Rose Zhang, who is the class of 2023 all by herself. We'll get to her in a bit. An incredible pro debut for Roseanne. But first, Victor Hovland. Uh, we ended up talking with Smiley Kaufman about Victor Hovland. He has some very high words of praise uh, to bestow upon young Victor. You'll get to hear that in a bit. But guys, um, Victor Hovland, I mean, what an impressive performance. Steve, I know you were especially thrilled because you had a nice ticket on him. Um, congrats. Nice weekend for you. Thanks, dude. Yeah, finally went team no hedge going into the playoff there. Well done. Uh, I'm, I'm usually, you know, the big farmer going to the hedge farm, uh, but, you know, wrote it out. And so it's two weeks in a row, back-to-back wins. Pretty nice. Won a little more money than my little baby bet last week. But um, it was a crazy weekend of betting for us. You know, we had Justin Suh, the oh my successful God. leader, you oh. know, for a lot of money being 250 to one. Yep. Um, but it was too early to was it, hang on. Was there any sort of cash out option for 36 holes? Because I had it oh, on, on Caesars. And yeah. I mean, like that, which is uh, bullshit. But I was wondering, was there anything? Yeah, it was like 200 bucks because I had 10 on them at 250. I might have taken it. <laughs> I might have taken 200. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that offer. I got the like potential $4. to win 2,500 bucks. I mean, yeah, no, no I way. I would have never lived that down. I can't um, believe I popped it on and I was so excited to watch. And he go and I'm I'm slacking you guys. I don't know if you were watching. No. And he goes, bogey, bogey, double to start. Like <laughs> you can't make it up. I mean, it's like, are you it's then I'm like, I don't even want to watch the rest of the tournament. No, I was so on the way to a wedding and just going by your commentary while I was, I was not kidding. I was like, he might not break 80. I mean, he yeah. goes bogey bogey double. I mean, what the hell? And he'd he'd had a 36 hole lead at the Honda. So yep. it's not like it was his first time in this position but wow what that was brutal to watch Hovland uh, was in good position though because like you know not the final round pressure you know yep, being in the final, final group, group. Yep. you know just one back um and man i mean as, as smiley says in our interview coming up i mean he's just he's been playing such good golf and that's kind of why i bet him i mean at oak hill he just looked so dialed um the short game looks so much better obviously had a few hiccups. He still, chunked, he still chunked a couple chips. I know. <laughs> and he still won. Um, he still won. I know. Not quite the short game snafus that Scotty Scheffler had this week. True. But, true. Um, a historic yeah, I mean, week for Scheffler. Historic. Just an all-around player, though. Hopper, gaining I mean. 20 shots, 
tee to green or whatever, and then losing nine shots on the greens. It's two I, weeks in a row. He should have won by like a touchdown as CP said. He called it. Tutty, yeah. tutty win for chef. Uh, if he made a few putts when they said that on 18, that he hadn't made a 10 footer all week. I was like, are you, <laughs> I mean, like for four rounds, the number one player in the world to not make a 10 footer. I mean, that is absolutely insane. Um, but yeah, I, I obviously the Justin Sell was tough for us. Um, got too excited too early, Cardinal sin. But also, um, you know, we had Morikawa stuff, and I ended up winning a top ten bet on Hop. We, of course, I don't bet him outright. The one time I tried to be sensible, and then I had a top ten bet on Morikawa and a top ten bet on Hideki. I, I told you I got screwed out of the outright, although I ended up getting lucky there. But then Morikawa pulls out with a back injury. He's two off the lead. Going into the final round, he's firmly in the top 10. Um, that was a dagger. Yeah. So just can't, you know, I know just, we hit the little Brooks thing, but Steve, at least you're winning something. But uh, CP, I don't know. We had a tough week again. No, I, I ended up having a good Sunday because of Scotty, believe it or not. I uh, woke up and bet him he was 3-1 to one, top 10 yesterday morning, which is crazy considering the run he's been on. That's considering crazy. Considering he was, you know. I mean, he still almost won, but he wasn't, he was far back, but like, you know, I think Jack said it on Saturday, like anyone under par has a chance to win this, which ended up being the case. Denny kind of came out of nowhere. Hovland came from behind. Scotty finished a shot out of the playoffs. So it was just a bet on um, Scheffler shooting a low number. You went big. You went big on it? Yeah, like 30 bucks to win one, right. 100, right. whatever. So this little salvage of the weekend um because i too was on justin suh and mm. i was not on more especially because you know there's no indication of this possibly happening you know usually we hear spieth you know he's got some wrist issues right. he could withdraw hideki could withdraw at any moment um jt has been rumored to have a whatever issue with his hip or something right now um more cow i mean I went back and looked. He he had back issues, I think, after the British Open he won. Um, then they went away. And at East, like he was like, no, I'm fine. So this wasn't like this. I think it just happened yesterday morning. Todd Lewis reported during a little stretch routine. That so four under, a couple back, like he would have been right there. That is that is brutal. I, I feel for the more cow people. Yeah, that's tough. And you know it's got to be bad when it's you're two off the yeah, lead. Yeah. Big time tournament. Um, and, you know, you mentioned the open win. He hasn't won since that. So mm-hmm. uh, it's been a long time coming. We're coming up on two years. Uh, not that he hasn't played some good golf, obviously, in between, but uh, that's tough. But, yeah, speaking of, of good golf, obviously, Victor Hovland, we've seen him playing late uh, these last three majors. You know, he has that nickname, the resort King. Obviously that's kind of been put to bed. Now he's played well at the majors. He wins in Ohio, which is, you know, no offense to Joel Beal, but not exactly a resort tropical paradise there out in Ohio there. Uh, <laughs> but Mirafield village is beautiful, beautiful course. Um, and it's a lovely area there, but um, that was amazing for, for him to get a, a big win. Um, you know, not a opposite field event, not a fall event, uh, but a big time win. I loved, obviously, you know, all these guys do the handshake with Jack. He's yucking it up with Jack after making jokes about uh, Oklahoma State being VOSU versus Ohio State. He had that thing in the press conference saying, you know, not to bruise. Talking about boozing. 
Yeah, 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 right. And then he said, no one knows who you are in Norway to Jack Nicholas. <laughs> then he, yeah, I mean, the guy, and he, what did he say to Jack? Too? He's, he's like, amazing. he's like, I didn't have the balls to say it or something. Like, he's just like so casual around <laughs> Jack yeah. Nicholas. Um, I love this guy. And then, of course, we find out today, guys, that he's looping for a college buddy at a U.S. Open uh, qualifier going walking. I did, I did hear oh. that on social media. I did yeah. hear that. I mean, look. Obviously, like with Michael Block and everything else, we're gonna go a little too crazy. Yeah, just give it like two hours, and Victor will. Everyone will hate him for yeah. something. He I mean, oh, he, he raked the bunker incorrectly. What a fraud! He's ruined. Piece of shit. Everyone's down that spike mark. People else. are talking about it. But uh, I don't know, guys. Victor Hovland seems like uh, one of the coolest no, out there. It, you you just nailed it. I mean, the fact he's like, oh yeah, my caddy's probably drunk already. Like. <laughs> Right. I don't know. Some some players are like Mr. Nicholas that and out of respect, of course. But, you know, sometimes, again, we talk about this with Brooks, just just be a normal dude and, and everyone's going to love you. And I think that's what you're seeing with all the Hovland love today. He's talking about, yeah, I can't wait to have a few cocktails on the 18th green. And yeah, telling Jack that, you know, you're not that big a deal where I'm, where I come from. Like that's, that's a wild move, but he doesn't really, he, Victor Hovland is just himself at all times. And I think that's why people like him. Yeah. I think he generally genuinely comes across as just a great guy. He, for our uh, season long fantasy draft, he recorded a video. So Rick Gaiman and him have become friends and, you know, Rick says exactly that. Like he's the man, he's just down to earth. Like, you know, he'll text me back whenever. So Rick asked him to send a video of like, Hey, you drafted me. Yeah, I'm yeah. Victor Hovland. Thanks for drafting me. And he did it in like two minutes, apparently. <laughs> I mean, it just the man, what other, you know, top awesome. 10 professional athlete would do right. that. And that that's just the kind of guy he is. I thought somebody replied to order or somebody um, claiming like they saw him like um, this week in Ohio, like visiting like a museum or something. Oh like, yeah, just... on his Instagram stories, oh, I noticed that about... actually. Oh, that's he, what it was. Yeah, he kept was... like sightseeing throughout Ohio. Like, <laughs> he's, like what he's is just this? A, like he's random just a museum. Guy. He's just a normal guy. Just yep. a normal guy with a phone, and yeah. who loves Chipotle, as we know. So uh, yeah, good loves job, poker. He's just like a man of the people. That's right, big poker guy. Big yeah. poker guy. Yeah, we gotta get Vic on here. That'd be uh, that'd be. We cool. do. I feel like we can make that happen. I think I think yeah. we could, you know, yeah. especially if uh, if Rick is uh, such a close bud. Um, anyway, amazing stuff by Victor Hovland. We will we will talk much more about him in the future. We got a couple guests to get to, but first we we got to talk about Rose Zhang. Um, of course, you know she's won everything you could win as a junior, as an amateur, as a college athlete. She wins back to back. NCAA titles. She's only a sophomore, so she won both times. She's won 12 out of 20 college events. She beats Tiger's record at Stanford. Not that it's an apples to apples comparison, but still just amazing stuff. And then she turns pro guys and um, immediately wins her first event. Uh, to me, it's like almost too good to be true. It's it's insane. It's the first person. I was surprised. It's the first person to do that in 72 years. Yeah. Um, and so... I don't know what, what else to, can we say here? I mean, this is the next like hello world moment here. I mean, again, I'm not saying she's going to have the effect that Tiger Woods had or anything like that, of course, but she could be the next like dominant golfer in that regard. I mean, this, her record is 
incredible. Yeah. And she's like very likable too. If you listen to any of her interviews and you know, the stuff that she's doing, it seems like she's just genuinely a good person. She admitted her expectations this week. We're like, yeah, I'm hoping to make the cut. But after she won, you know, she was like, yeah, I want to keep giving back. And, you know, you saw her taking pictures with all these AJGA girls and like her teammates and stuff. And, you know, after a win, you could be very emotional and, you know, and just want to like celebrate yourself. But she just wanted to take pictures with other people and say she wants to give back to the game. I mean, I feel like that perspective really helps when you're this young and you have this really, you know, you're ascending as a star so quickly that to be grounded like that and, and have that uh, perspective, I think will really help her, you know, not just be a flash in the pan uh, and be this next true great star on the LPGA. I hope, I hope she is so that we can say another legend was, was born in the great state of New Jersey. That's right. Right. Like all legends are. That's, right. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good, point. no, I'm uh I'm interested to see, I think, you know, I don't know if this is okay to say, but I feel like a lot of these lady phenoms kind of, you know, burst onto the scene and then fade a little. So yeah. I, I think she could be the rare different one that, you know, maybe this is a prolonged thing and she's a, a superstar for a long time. And I hope, you know, we're wrong on some of the other people. We've seen Lydia Ko make a nice little comeback here of late um, yeah. as well. So maybe she's that the type that... um yeah, she can do it for a very long time. Seems like she can with that swing and, and the way she plays. That's a great point. And obviously much has been made about Michelle Wee and even Lexi Thompson bursting onto the scene when they were like 12 years old, 13 years mm-hmm. old, not, you know, not playing against maybe their, you know, their peers, but like jumping up a level and like, and then Michelle Wee obviously playing all the PG tour events and like, you're right. They, they got burned out. Um, and it's kind of crazy. I think those two have com- still combined for two career majors. And yep. Michelle Wee's happened crazy. way after she burst onto the scene. I mean, right. it looked like she was never going to win one. And then she came back and won the one at Pinehurst. I think Lexi won the one um, with all their talent, and especially all their power. It's kind of amazing. And so, right, Rose Zhang has kind of gone about it more of like a normal kid, normal growing up existence went to school and now she did, you know, she's leaving early, but whatever. She went to two years of college. She's just dominated at against her peers at every level. Hasn't really jumped ahead, done all that. And now we're going to see her. Um, I think you're right. Possibly. have. I mean, looks like she'll have a much better career than those two other people. And they had just as much hype, even obviously Michelle, we had the most hype of anyone. So I, I'm, I hope it happens. I think the women's game could use a, a spark. I hate to say it, but especially an American player like that to, mm-hmm. to get the spark. And you mentioned Lydia Ko; she did it that other way, and she's she burned out, but she's come back now and had a resurgence, and now she's as good as ever. So that's great to see. But hopefully, Roseanne can throw herself in the mix with that. And um, again, it was cool watching it on at Liberty National. Um, the the one thing that I guess the what did you say, Jersey took forever. Took forever. I mean, it, good thing she wrapped it up on that playoff hole. Do we, now, think now, do we think Colin Morikawa made it back to California, <laughs> ate dinner, showered before yes. Roseang finished? Yes. Yeah, probably. Now, 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 to be clear, this was not Roseang's fault. No. no, it was not. It what was I not. watched, she looked like she didn't have any pace of play issues. We know there no. are a lot of pace of play issues on the PGA Tour, on the LPGA Tour, heck, on the Senior Tour, anywhere, on the Corn Ferry Tour, in college, whatever. The issue here was this interesting format i'll just say with the, the agga 
event going on concurrently. I know this was Michelle, we was hosting. It sounded like a really cool event, but you had situations where 16th hole, it's drivable par four and Rose Zhang's waiting on the tee for 10, 15 minutes with a one shot lead. And she's waiting for junior golfers who, by the way, are like the same age as her, which is kind of funny, but these junior <laughs> golfers to finish, it was just bizarre. The round ended up taking like, um, you know, five hours and 40 minutes or something. And then they went to the playoff. I'm surprised they even got two playoff holes in. Thank, yeah. Thank goodness they did. Um, who knows? It was insane to, to see that Anna Davis girl right. won the Anna Davis. Yeah. And she's still like a apparently a junior to Rose. She won, you know, being Anna, a, winning her first part of the pro. She, she won the Anna before, before Rose won the Anna. It's like, yeah, it's it's totally bizarre. But um, yeah, that was wild. Um, it but, was an interesting, yeah, it was an interesting scene for sure. A lot going on. Uh, and she got off to the, you know, the inauspicious beginning, obviously with the uh, announcer saying her name backward. Uh, but uh, no, she's, she's <laughs> a star um, and uh, to win in a playoff. CP's parlay. I mean, it almost mm. comes through. He bet Rosang, bet, bet the, uh, the peas and he bet the nuggets too. series prices and also included Scotty Scheffler. And what was it, CP? Fifteen bucks to win eleven thousand. Fifteen to win eleven G's. Mm. That was that would have been nice. But you needed Scotty to win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Scotty. Right. If, if Scotty should have like, been Rose separately. Gotcha. If if what was Rose's odds? Forty to one and crazy. 40. I mean, she was forty to one. one. Kicking myself oh, forever yeah, not. That was biggest, that was the big. That's the biggest miss that we've ever had. Family was that. <laughs> that's the. Uh, I know. Top. Oh my god. That's what that's what put the parlay over over the yeah. edge for me. I, right. You know, obviously Nuggets and even the Panthers were like plus one hundred five. Right. Scotty, I figured you know possibly win by a touchdown, and then uh, by yeah, far I, honestly, the I figured Rosang would be the the one that had no chance to hit. Turns out um, that's might be the only one that does. Now the Heat won game two. Yeah, look Japan. at the Heat. Kind of got tangled in game one. So everybody had the brooms out after game one in the NBA. <laughs> uh, I mean, geez, they. I saw a stat today, just to get that uh, teams in the playoff, Heat in the playoffs when trailing by eight points or more heading into the fourth quarter are four and five. The rest of the NBA in the playoffs are one and forty-one in that situation. So I don't know what it is about the well, Heat. Who's not a gut? We were down eight last night, going into the fourth. Yeah, they were. Yeah, I watched the game. I don't the Nuggets know. had a nice run at the end. Of course, I had. That's I, right. I'd ship my money back in on them game two to double up. I thought I was going to win easily. I got a nice hundred percent boost. I was like, oh, this is too easy. Eight points. They're up eight going into the fourth. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the heat just dominated them. So, that's well, right. that was a lot of lot of guts there, yeah. a lot of grit. Um, all right. Anyway, congrats to Victor. Congrats to Rosang. Going to see a lot more of both of them, obviously. Uh, let's get into our first interview. Smiley Kaufman, Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio. He's got his new show, The Smiley Show. I talk about that in the intro here coming up. Um, let's have a chat i know this was a kind of a long time coming right cp we, we thought we were we've been working on smiley for a while quite a bit quite a bit <laughs> we, we talk about um he and i met in tampa yeah. for the match between tiger and, and jt and spieth and uh and rory 
And uh, yeah, just been texting buddies ever since, trying to get him locked down on the pod. Tried to get him Masters week. Busy guy. A couple other weeks. Busy guy. Had a had a baby. In, yep. in fairness, um, he's got the broadcasting job now. So turns out we just needed to link up with this. He he needed to start his own podcast that he wanted right. to promote, and right. and then that's how we got him on ours. I will say. The, the pod is really good. The the speed yes. pod is is worth listening to. JT, Sam Burns. I mean, he, he is a very good interviewer and he's got this perspective. I mean, obviously he was a great player and in the final round with Jordan Spieth when Spieth, yep. you know, unfortunately gave it away in, uh, in 16. Um, and just to kind of tease the pod a little further, he tells a great story about on the 12th hole in 2016 in the final round with Jordan Spieth when Spieth obviously, you know, made the huge number, gave the masters away. Smiley made it two that day ma- makes the birdie. <laughs> he like gave a little fist pump, he said. Uh, and then they're walking to the 13th tee, which is obviously, you know, secluded and, you know, no one's back there. Um, and apparently he, he says that Spieth uh, turns to him and says, so whose turn is it? Just kind of like making light of the moment. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like obviously he just made a seven. Uh, Smiley made the two, so um, yeah, there, there's some good tidbits in all of Smiley's pods. Have a, have a listen and check out our pod right now with Smiley Call. <laughs> there we go. Let's do it. Look at that. Okay, guys, it is June, which means the U.S. Open is right around the corner. This also means that Father's Day is right around the corner. Perhaps you're a father yourself, and you want to send a little hint to the wife and kids. Perhaps you're thinking about your own dad and a gift idea for him. We have the perfect Father's Day gift idea. That's Golf Digest Plus. This is the gift that keeps on giving. You get new issues of the magazine in your mailbox all year long. All of our digital stories completely unlocked, even some written by Christopher Powers. You get access to our Places to Play course library, the Golf Ball Hot List, the Shoe Guides, You even get access to our Build Your Own Bag feature. And in case I didn't mention it, stories written by Christopher Powers. That's enough of the highlights. If you're listening to this podcast, you know this is a no-brainer for Dad this Father's Day. Go to golfdigest.com slash plus. Again, that's golfdigest.com slash plus. And buy your dad the gift of Golf Digest. All right, we are excited to welcome Smiley Kaufman to the podcast. Smiley recently launched a new SiriusXM podcast. New episodes of The Smiley Show debut every Monday and Thursday on all major podcast platforms. Show also airs every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM PJ Tour Radio, featuring a mix of commentary on the game from Kaufman, who won the Shriners Hospital for Children Open in 2015, and interviews with personalities from around the game. His guests so far have included Jordan Speed, Justin Thomas, Sam Burns, and country music star Jake Owen, we are excited to welcome in Smiley Kaufman. Smiley, how are you doing today? What's going on, you guys? Thank you for having me on. You got it. So, yeah, first off, uh, tell us a little about your new show. And obviously, uh, and and you've progressed as well as an on-course reporter. You got a lot, you know, it's a different phase of your life. Tell us about everything that's going on right now. Uh, it's been super fun. You know, the, the broadcasting side, you know, I've been doing that for the past year or so. It's been uh, very fun, uh, very gratifying, a lot of fun people I've been associated with and gotten a lot of advice and help from. And that world has been very fun. And the podcast side, I've I've been wanting to start uh, into this, this kind of media side of the world. And 
it just took a little while, but we finally got there and got a great team around me with Sirius XM, great, great partners and a great co-host and producer and Charlie Hume. And, you know, it's been fun. We've had some great guests on and, you know, the goal is to, for me, you know, depending on the guest is, you know, whether it's golf, you know, musicians, uh, could be athletes, you know, just really just diving into storytelling, you know, also the art of figuring out why they were so successful and if, you know, what the hurdles were along the way. And, hmm. you know, nobody understands it more than me. I had plenty of highs and lows in my career. So I just always want to know, you know, what's what a person has dealt with in their life. And to me, I really like to dive in to that. If uh, the guest is willing to, you know, that's it's hmm. really I think inspiring for a lot of people when they hear, you know, you know, people that they know have ups and downs and struggles because it's so relatable to so many different people, whether they're an athlete or not an athlete, you know, so that's for me, it's been, it's been very gratifying thus far. Sure. Smiley, I'm curious, you know, I listened to uh, the JT and Spieth and Burns interviews. They were great. I'm, I'm curious for you, you know, since you're buddies with these guys and now you're covering them on tour doing the play-by-play stuff. What's it like to kind of cover your friends? Is there like a line? Did you have to set a line, you know, when you're talking to them, like, dude, yeah, be careful what you tell me kind of might, might end up on air. You have to boundaries a little bit. It's kind of the art of knowing what is okay to share and what's not okay to share. You know, you don't want to ever, uh, you know, kind of lose that relationship that you've had for so long just to, to get a scoop on something, you know, that's, uh, for me, and when it comes to broadcasting too, and, and, and calling shots and, and, you know, being critical, which I'm supposed to do, you know, I have to be critical um, of these guys. And I pretty much the way I look at it is I wouldn't say anything about a guy that I wouldn't say about it myself. So that's the kind of line I like to keep it at. It's like, okay, you know, that wasn't a great shot. So uh, if I didn't think it was a great shot, then I probably would be saying it about myself. So I don't mind uh, criticizing a bad shot. You know, one of the, other parts of it too is is strategy you know that's one aspect of being an on-course reporter that guys will probably disagree with because strategy is something that i feel like a player and caddy take pride in their decisions like hey this was the right decision well you know that's sometimes debatable and so that's (laughs) that's where you can kind of run into some issues with guys but i haven't had any problems but i will say i think that is important uh, aspect of my game to be you know, pretty critical of strategy at times. Right. Not to uh, not to put you on the spot, but your boy JT struggling a little bit of late. Some people have kind of just assumed he's possibly hurt. I'm not telling you to give us any inside info, but is is there an injury there, or is it just typical um, struggles on the PGA Tour he's going through right now? No, I, I think it's just 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 a little bit of struggles for him. You know, just haven't been able to quite get it going. Uh, he may have injuries. He hasn't talked to me about him, but I wouldn't. Uh, put words in his, and his words in my mouth on as far as injuries go. But, you know, it, it, his game is close. He's, you know, I feel, you know, when you're just a little off and you start pushing a little bit, you see it all the time with guys, you know, you, you just kind of, it's, it's kind of hard to get over that hump. And all it takes is legitimately one round on top of another round at a tournament where you're doing all the right things you're working on the right stuff and you start to play free again. And I feel it's happens to every player at some point in their career. JT really hasn't had, you know, this slow of a start to a season. It's so odd not to see him in the top 10 of the FedEx mm-hmm. cup. Cause I'm so used to seeing his name. Cause he's always been a fast starter on the PGA tour. 
every year. He seems to always find his way near the top uh, early in the season. So this year off to a slower start, uh, but there's plenty of golf left to be played. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the stuff that he has been working on and doing. And I think the aim point stuff is good for him. I think he's got given some freedom in his putter that um, he's been kind of searching for, for a while. It just hasn't looked comfortable on the greens and, it's definitely been an issue as far as stats go, but you know, just been a little off and I, it doesn't take much for a good player to get it going again though. You know, it's funny, obviously so much has been talked about how when he came on the scene because Jordan had gotten there first, he was kind of Jordan's little buddy. And then now he's kind of almost surpassed Jordan. I mean, you can make a case. He's got more PJ tour wins, one fewer major either way. He's a superstar in his own right. And on his way, you know, hall of famer, how competitive are they with that career record? And who do you think will end up having the better career? Because right now they're about equal. And again, you know, we all know they're about the same age. That's a tough question. You know, I can't answer that. <laughs> Too early for that kind of a tough question. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, uh, you know, it, who knows? Uh, I think it'll be close between both of them because they're both going to win their share fair of more golf tournaments to come. So, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I think, I think both of those guys have, uh, have proven that, that you, you can't ever really doubt them when it comes to what they're, what they can and can't accomplish. So wouldn't surprise me to have, you know, Jordan's playing. I really think he's going to have a couple wins by mm-hmm. the end of the year. It, that wouldn't surprise me at all because he's, to me, he's just playing really well. It, it's, it's a matter of putting it, you know, just continuing to work on it. But I think it's harder to win on tour this year. I really do. Because I, I've seen plenty of guys play some really good golf, like Victor Hovland, for instance. He's been playing some incredible golf, and it was his first win. You know, that's mm-hmm. it's just kind of crazy to me that uh, is that right? It's his first win, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. to me, that's he's played way better than that. Right. Smiley, you we were talking about JT. You got to retell the story uh, of Sony Open when JT shot that. 59 have you kind of walk past them you know, doing, doing something goofy and you're like whoa this guy's like really in the zone right now and then oh, yeah. shooting 59 and you're pretty familiar with that too you know shooting that final round 61 so uh yeah, no, yeah. it's retell that man stuff. get getting into a zone and uh you know justin's really good at doing that but we just had breakfast that morning and we were just kind of goofing off he had won to capital the week before you know, we're just talking about nothing, you know, just kind of being good buddies, you know, just shooting the shooting the bull. And we get out on the range and, you know, I warm up, hit some balls, go chip. And somehow I think we're teeing off around the same time on different sides. And we cross paths from, from the chipping green to the putting green. It's a very tight area at the Sony Open, the practice facilities. And I, I don't know if this was like when dabbing kind of like showed up. So I don't know if I like dabbed or like what I did, but something kind of something dumb enough to where like he didn't give me much response back that I was like, God, that was, that was stupid. I shouldn't have done that. You know, <laughs> you know, when you do something like yeah. just kind of like, Oh, I don't know what to do. And you just kind of do like a weird, yeah. um, I don't know what it was, but anyways, uh, he didn't give me much back. And uh, I started on, I can't remember if I was on the front or back, but I do remember seeing how many under par he was early in the round. I was like, oh, okay. He was just in the zone early and yeah. he's just going to carry this over from Kapalua. And I walk past him on nine as he's putting out on that last hole. And um, 
makes that putt for Eagle to shoot 59. I was like, oh, okay. He definitely had something in his cereal that I didn't have that morning at breakfast. <laughs> If only your your chairs were switched, maybe that would have been you shooting that fifty nine. I could have been. I think I probably shot a nice little seventy three and uh, went, and then I went kayaking with Jordan. So well, we're happy you did that because for content, I mean, for the content that was hey, shoot, I had to do something right Sunday Open that week. <laughs> we're uh, we're recording this on golf's longest day. Um, how many times did you participate in in this today? And do you have any? Any wild uh, memories, stories from from uh, oh, US man. That's a good question. I would say I probably did it three times or so, maybe four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I made it through right out of school and had my brother on the back. Uh, that was the year it was at Pinehurst and turned pro right after. So that was a fun memory. And I actually shot 67-76 and made it through. That's how difficult setting down Creek was playing. Wow. It was so firm. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't, you wouldn't think a 76 would be making it through, but I had a, I had a really nice first round. Uh, the other years, I, I never qualified any other year. I, I think I was maybe close a couple times at some different sites, but it's a long day and it's really hard to get a grasp of what the number is when you're out there. But I think some guys are better than it than others, you know, because you can kind of push a little bit knowing that there's only, you know, a certain amount of spots and, like, man, I got to keep on making birdies and sometimes sometimes just playing conservative golf and and just kind of taking it easy and picking about the golf course as it comes to you is is actually a little better strategy. But, you know, it's some guys always make it through every year. Like it's it's like they're just shoe wins when they get to these things. They yeah. just play, you know, just really solid golf. And uh, I was I was always pretty close to making it through. I made it through that one time, but um, it's way easier when they give you a tee time without having to go do that longest day of golf. Cause it is, it is tough. Right. Do you ever uh, still get the itch to do it? I mean, I'm sure when you go out there and play, I'm sure you're shooting some low scores every once in yeah. a while. I'm sure you're still getting in the zone. I mean, you know, the average plus handicapper thinks that they can play, you know, with, with you guys, you're, you're shooting, whatever. Do you still get, do you ever get the itch to, to give it a run again? You know, it's a great question. Yeah. And the answer has been no. Um, okay. I've been working on my golf swing kind of semi working on it over the last probably two years now, uh, just really kind of getting out of the bad habits I was in. And I really needed a time away from the game once I got into broadcasting Mm -hmm. because I was just working on it too hard. I wasn't getting the results. And so actually I've improved a ton, uh, not having to worry about just results. So I've been able to go play golf and play well at home. And yesterday I played out at Shoal and had eight birdies and an Eagle. So it was really good golf. So it was really fun to play that well again. And I don't know if I'll ever play again. I may, um, if I start shooting a lot of scores like I did yesterday, then it'll be kind of hard to, to not go (laughs) tee it up again, but you know, it's, it's been fun, you know, just there's something weird about getting away from the game. There's just that switch that goes off. That's, the, just the level of care of like just kind of gr- wanting to do so much and grabbing hold of the game and trying to control everything about it. And once I got away from it, I don't have that that just fear of of where the golf ball is going anymore. I just go play, have fun, and it's it's I don't know if that's why golf's so crazy. You know, it's the beauty of the game that it's it's such a mental game at times where you where you just want it so bad, but. 
you know, really you play your best golf when you're free and having fun. And that's kind of, it's been me lately, I guess. Well, I want to just to follow up on that, you know, obviously Billy Horschel made some news this week with the, the 84 on Thursday. And then he had that emotional talk, which again, kudos for him for even talking about his, his struggles with his game. But, you know, here's the defending champ at an event and a year later, you know, he can't break 80. Um, he did better the next day. When you saw Billy going through that, did that remind you of anything? And then how common, how common is that out there for, for guys to kind of, you know, lose it really, you know, quickly like that? No, you can, you can go down to the bottom of the leaderboard every week and right. and you can see some guys that are really struggling with their game and you know, I won't name any players, but you know, some guys get out of it. Some guys don't. And Billy, you don't ever have to question his work ethic. He works his tail off. He hits a ton of golf balls and, Sometimes working really hard, even when you're struggling, isn't the best recipe, even though you know you have to work on your golf swing. But the thing that I struggled with was getting away from the game. Mm -hmm. And we caught that in the uh, Netflix full swing documentary with Brooks Kepka, mm -hmm. talking about how he just couldn't get away from the game. He's just thinking about it all the time, trying to make, I mean, just the amount of sleep I lost during that time period for me, just trying to figure out, okay, I need to work on this and this tomorrow in my swing. And I get out there and I go work on it. Then I go play. But if I don't see instant results, then I leave the golf course knowing it's like, did I even get better that day? Mm -hmm. And with golfers and talked about this with Jordan in our in my podcast, he just talked about, you know, once a player gets the right things and they know they're working on the right stuff and they see it on the range, they start to see it on the course. The confidence just immediately starts like ticking up. Mm -hmm. And for when you're struggling, it seems like that is so far away. It's, it seems like you, you'll never have that aha moment when you've been in the, in the woods, missing cuts, shooting high scores. And shoot, you're talking about, he was a defending champ. I went to Vegas. I don't know if this was a year or two after I had won and I finished last and I had no idea where the golf ball was going. And it was so hard for me to picture that I won on that golf course. Right. <laughs> and right. it's, that's the crazy thing about this game. And if you would have told me in, 2000 whatever year I won that I was going to be the guy shooting being in last place by however many shots I would have told you you're crazy it's just right. the game is is nuts and um yeah I, I've seen both sides of it and I can definitely relate and I always have a ton of respect for guys that have struggled a ton missed a lot of cuts and then eventually find their game again because it's so relatable to me and I know how difficult it is guys like Brennan Todd you know mm -hmm. Michael Kim to see what he's been doing you know, it, it's really just it's not easy. It's the mental hurdles and and that you have to fight. And it's tough. You know, we've seen it from Jordan. We've seen it from Ricky. Those two guys had struggles and now they're starting to play well again. So it's uh, it's a crazy game, man. Is there another player from, you know, you, you just observing, you know, being on course and uh, just observing guys who, you know, you think are really close to kind of breaking through. So we talked about Hovland before, you know, playing so well and then finally getting that win this season. Is there someone else maybe who hasn't won and you're watching them and you're Ooh. like, man, his, his swing is really good. It's a matter of time for him. You know, that's, that's a great question. I haven't gotten to see Ricky play much this year, mm -hmm. but he's a guy that's obviously been trending. I think Jordan's a guy who hasn't won yet this year. He's, mm -hmm. he's really is playing uh, some good golf, but let me look at, let me look at the uh, OWGR here real quick because that's a great question. I want to make sure I'm not missing a guy. <laughs> Who do you got? Is, you got anybody Ricky, that I'm missing? Are you I like mean, thinking Ricky's a good call because Ricky? Oh, Ricky's close, a great call. Yeah. You know, on Sunday he, he had a little run going, and uh, you know, just, yeah, you know, 
kind of struggle a little bit. Well, it's been a while since he's been in that position where you're like, oh, yeah. crap, I can win this golf tournament. And that's what goes off in your brain once you see the leaderboard. You're like, right. oh, my gosh, I'm going to do it. And then things get a little tougher. But I guarantee you he learned something about those last six holes that he'll be able to carry over to the next time he's in contention to where you're okay, I did this wrong this time. I'm going to do it this way this time. So mm-hmm. he'll definitely learn a little bit from that experience. Um, man, it's hard not to say Cam Young, right? But I feel like yeah. he's been – hasn't played quite yeah. as trendy lately, but yeah, he would yeah. probably be the guy, right, you know? Yeah. Right, right. He hasn't had the, tw- you know, the 2023 like we were expecting, but right. yeah, it seems like it's He had a heck of a year though last year. Yeah, it's exactly. hard to follow that up. Tough to follow that <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. Maybe Sahith. Sahith's kind of a bet I like this week. We're mm. talking bets. I love that dude too. He's, he's, <laughs> talk about a guy who's just, he really seems to enjoy himself on the golf course and not put too much on him, on his shoulders. You know, to me, He's going to be able to do as much as he wants in this game. He's got an unreal short game. And if his driver just becomes more consistent, yeah. he's going to have all the you know ability in the world to win multiple times a year on the tour. Well, Smiley, LACC, you know, coming up and in your pod with JT, you talked about going to play that with him on the way to Japan that one year. So I'm curious, you know, not a lot of people have seen LACC is such an exclusive place. What can we kind of expect? What do you remember from how it played? That's a good question because I I just went back and watched, I believe it was y'all's uh, hole by hole. It was like yes. a 15 or 14 minute video. I'm not sure who um, who uh, produced that, but it was it was very well done. I, it was a nice reminder because I, for whatever reason, only remembered about nine of the holes. Mm-hmm. And which is unusual for me. I typically have a very good memory of pretty much every hole I've ever played. <laughs> I don't know why that's some guys remember things in textbooks. I remember golf holes I've played. <laughs> so it was, it was very weird for me to not remember. And I was asking JT, I was like, man, I can't believe I haven't like, I just don't recall the golf course that much. He's like, yeah, it was crazy hard. And I was like, I swear I shot 67 that day. He's like, no, you didn't. I was like, yeah, (laughs) he was giving me, I, it's just, why would I, why would I ever remember that I shot 67? It just seems like an odd thing for me to be plugged in my brain. Right. I think I played really well though. And maybe, maybe, maybe I didn't play good, but I I thought I'd played well. (laughs) So uh, what I remember, man, I, I recall that there was a good amount of room, a lot of contouring in the fairways and fairly big greens, but then some greens that were very narrow and skinny. And that was the reminder I saw um, in in the videos I watched. It's like, wow, okay, this, you know, there is plenty of room, but it seems like the contours of the fairways move to fairway bunkers. And I don't remember, it's going to play very odd in the way it plays. Like there are some very long par threes. I mean, mm-hmm. there were some couple that were about three, 300. And then a couple short par fours and then a very short par three. I think the flow of the golf course is going to be super fun to watch. And man, the background of, of, of LA too. I mean, this place is going to be, it's going to be absurd how, how, I mean, it's going to look amazing on TV and then just the amount of celebrities that you're going to see, it's going to be, (laughs) it's going to be a really fun week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Smiley, we met at the match in Tampa in December. We walked a few holes with, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I was kind of explaining <laughs> who you were talking to, like Steven Stamkos. Um, 
you mentioned you don't know anything about hockey. You're from Alabama. You didn't exactly grow up rooting for hockey. Has that changed? Have you followed Brooks Kepka and the Peas at all this, uh, this June? <laughs> no, I, I have a couple of alliances now with some hockey teams just from meeting a bunch of hockey players. <laughs> okay. about random things. So I'm currently a Lightning fan from okay. from that from that <laughs> night in Tampa. And then I'm also a Pittsburgh Penguins fan from mm. the night we had uh, at Palmetto Bluff after Hilton had. We ran into Sidney Crosby and about seven more of the penguins and wow. yeah so i have a line i don't know if they're in different conferences are they in the same conference they're in the, uh, both in the east yes okay so unfortunately i have two teams in the Ooh. east uh, i don't have a team in the west so <laughs> i maybe have to meet a team out west one year actually i was are the coyotes still uh, are they still a franchise still a thing yep still okay. a thing there i have go. a coyotes jersey from i think i did uh like a social media thing for them at the phoenix huh. open one year so I think they're pretty bad though. So I don't know if that's yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's the best team to gravitate towards in the West, but I do have a jersey. Hey, you got to play flip cup with Sidney Crosby. That's like oh, yeah. I took him down. Thing. Took him down. <laughs> took him down. Oh yeah. Took him down. Wow. That's that's, that's a super. So that's, that goes on the on the career resume. Uh, <laughs> who uh you know, Smiley, you get to see these guys up close so much. Uh so much has been made, you know, who would you say right now, it's I know it's really hard, is the best golfer because obviously you had Rom dominating. Now you have Scotty's just consistency. And then you have Brooks showing up at these majors and just dominating. So I assume it's of those three right now because Rory, for whatever reason, is just a tick off right now. But of those three guys, you know, especially as we head into the US Open, who who would you take if you had, you know, you had to pick one going into that next major? Yeah, I think I'd probably pick Victor Hovland. Um, oh wow i really i've been high on him the entire year i just think he's continuing to get better in his short game and the stats have 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 shown that he just needs to be just a little bit above average and if and we said the same thing about scotty sheffler if he just puts average right he's going to win golf tournaments if victor hovland is just a little bit above average in his in his around the green stats then he's going to be right there and Hmm. we're seeing more promise from Victor Hovland in his short game than we're seeing from Scotty and his putting. Yeah. So I, I would give the edge to Victor on that. And then Brooks, he's going to be a guy that's going to be there. And, and John Rahm has had an incredible year and it wouldn't surprise me to see him play well on the West coast. And, you know, it, it's incredible watching John Rahm play golf. So I, I would probably lean Victor's had an, an incredible year, but probably John Rahm and then, and then Victor just a step below with with Scotty. Just if he figures out just how to be average with this putter, he's by far been the best player. Oh, one more for me, Smiley. You know, you're talking about how you can kind of remember all golf holes, um, you know, at, at pretty good recall. I'm wondering, you know, now that you're traveling and you know you're not beholden to a tour schedule of you know going to practice every day, and then you know you're playing the same golf course. Uh, for four days is there a, a stop on tour now that you're kind of looking forward to to go and play some other good golf whether it's uh you know i don't know outside philly for like aronimink next year yeah. or, or one of one of these spots that you're kind of looking forward to that's a good question i'm uh, about to go pack up the clubs i'm, I'm working the canadian open this coming week then going mm-hmm. to la so there's a there's a chance i might run over to play bel air while i'm in la but it's going to be a busy week with nbc but and then I'm flying from there to New York for a couple of days mm. and going to play some golf. I think uh, going to get some golf set up. 
in New York before I head over to the Travelers. So nice. that was the plan was leaving L.A., take a red eye, play golf Monday, Tuesday, in New York, and then uh, head over to Travelers. So probably New York. I'm excited about that. Yeah, that Jersey. Any any Jersey course lined up or just just sticking it? New That's York? a good question. Um, I I want to say that Deepdale is a place that we're probably going to be trying to get to play. Um, and I'm not sure where else. Uh, maybe it was like Wingfoot or um Sleepy. I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, Dude, Sleepy, you got to try to do Sleepy. I know, Sleep, I know Sleepy's on my list. Uh, we we got to work on that. I think Deepdale's been set up, but. That's I'm just a gonna, good one too. Right? I'm gonna float this out there in case there's a sleepy I'm, member. It's like I might hey. be able to help. I might be able to help there. He's the guy. He could he could he could help you. There you uh, go. Last one, Smiley. Uh obviously you guys uh you know recreated that funny photo from uh SP2K 15. <laughs> How you know when you guys play together, you you know, the that uh the core four, whatever you want to call you guys, um those guys aren't giving you strokes or anything now, right? I mean, you're, you're playing them straight up still. We, we didn't, a... we didn't play it all this time. Oh, we, okay. Not uh, time to play. Damn. I mean, I think the way these designated events were, were set up through Hilton head. None of those guys wanted to touch a golf club after Hilton head, <laughs> yeah. you know, these guys were wore out and yeah. uh, yep. Jordan almost winning at Hilton head. And then the other guys, you know, Rick's had a great run. And then JT probably, you know, he was just didn't want to play golf at that point. Uh, but you know, all those guys are incredible at golf, but no, I'm not getting any shots. I still okay. can, I can still hold my own own with one of them as a partner. You know, I still get one of them as, as, as my stick. So, uh, no, it, we have a good time when we go play. It's a lot of times we play either quarters. We'll play a, some type of double hammer game that just gets out of hand and it gets very dicey and it's way, especially the numbers that they like to play for. I'm always like, God, I hate this. Like <laughs> it's not as fun because you know, the games I play at home or I don't really love gambling on the golf course because okay. I just I like just playing golf and having fun. And so then it gets like, God, I actually have to focus now. And this is <laughs> it just, it's meaningless money to the, to those guys, but yeah, it's like, yeah, right. I got to go to the bank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Smiley, thank you so much for joining mm. us. Um, again, the Smiley Show, great podcast. Everybody check it out. Good luck beating those guys uh, the next time you get get it. And uh, we'll see you down the road, Smiley. Thanks so much for joining yeah, us. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Smiley. Uh, thanks, Smiley. Yeah. See ya. Thanks again to Smiley Kaufman for joining us. All right. We got another guest. Big time show, as I said. Uh Obviously, the Stanley Cup Finals are going on right now. They're going on our uh, TNT, uh, one of our uh, our what do we call it? Brother sister networks that we're a part of here at uh, Brothers Discovery, of course. Um, so uh, anyway, we have Rick Tockett, yeah, CP. You're the pucks guy. Give us give us a little intro here to uh, to Rick Tockett as will swap. Rick, yeah. I, I do remember i know rick tockett back i told you guys i played so much nhlpa 93 and 94 greatest video game ever uh i remember him on this on the uh penguins but smiley we brought up the penguins there he's just he's a penguins guy too so he's a big been, pucks episode yeah. you know about rick tockett coming on so cp give us a little rick tockett as we lead into this interview yeah, I mean, 400 goal score, really, really solid NHLer. Coached the Coyotes back in the day. I think he was like an assistant on the Penguins teams, like the early um, Crosby Malkin years when when they won a few cups. And I actually, I remember hearing some stories that Tockett was like some suit Tockett wore was Sidney Crosby's good luck charm back in those during their 
first cup run. So he's, he's very, um, he's big time in the hockey scene, obviously. And uh, he's on normally on TNT um, on the, uh, on the desk, which is phenomenal. It's, I know, even if you're not a hockey fan, it is just as good as Barkley and and Shaq with uh, Paul Bizanet. Um, talk it's on it. Sometimes he got pulled out to go coach the Canucks this past season, mid season. Um, and I forget, uh, I guess we can, we can talk to him if that's, if that's still happening next year, but he's back on the desk now for the playoffs. Henrik Lundqvist is there who I love, obviously Anson Carter. Heard of him. Who I Heard of him too. And sometimes, and sometimes they also get uh, Wayne Gretzky, who, who's also boys with talk. Yeah. talk. It's a big deal. I think it's a big guest. Um, hopefully you guys will agree after we speak with him. Of course. All right. Have a listen to our chat with Rick Tockett. Okay, excited to welcome in Rick Tockett, the current head coach of the Vancouver Canucks. Also, um, some of you may know him from NHL on TNT, which has become a great watch over these last few years, thanks to, to Rick and Biz and, and Henrik Lundqvist now and Anderson Carter. Um, but first off, Rick, thanks for joining us. And second, I guess just take us through these last few months for you. Been been pretty chaotic uh, in your life. Yeah, just, uh, you know, had to make a decision if I wanted to get back into coaching or stay with TNT. Uh not, not an easy decision. It wasn't, uh, you know, uh, I really enjoyed my time at TNC, um, you know, really became close to those guys uh, and actually watched the game as a fan. You know, I, I you know, analyze all teams, not usually your own team. Um, so, yeah, and, uh, when I took the job in Vancouver, uh, you know, great organization. Uh, the ownership's great. Um, you know, I got a team that we're, uh, you know, we're looking to, we'd like to be one of those teams in the Stanley Cup finals one day. So uh, we're striving for that. I guess, how did it kind of come about? Did you express interest in this or was this kind of an out? I know you've coached previously and actually replaced Wayne Gretzky and as well as Barry Melrose at a couple of stops. Um, is this something you had expressed interest in or was it kind of out of the blue? Yeah, I, I interviewed for a couple of jobs. I had a couple of opportunities to leave uh, even before that. Uh, just didn't seem the right fit. But I, uh, you know, from my relationship with Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin from the Pittsburgh Penguin days, um, kind of spearheaded it and um, fast tracked into getting back into it. So uh, I really believe what they're doing is, is uh, you know, they, they're, you know, they've won two cups and so we've won two cups together. So hopefully there's some magic stuff left in there and uh, we can, you know, we can do something here in Vancouver. Well, we got to talk about your golf game a little in a bit, but first, <laughs> you know, w- want to talk, you know, the whole, uh, the dynamic there on TNT with the guys really seems like a lot of fun during the Stanley cup. Um, what do you think the key is to, to kind of channeling that, like who are kind of the key power players there who make it so yeah. much fun? Yeah. Great question. I, I know from going to audition from TNT and then, um, they don't overly prepare you. They want a lot of stuff organically mm-hmm. done, but I thought because I played hockey, Biz played hockey, obviously Wayne Gretzky and Anson Carter and, and obviously Liam McHugh has been a, a veteran in that business. Uh, the camaraderie, the chemistry, I, it's just just like a hockey team. You know, you could have five really good TV guys. I'm not saying we are individuals, but if it doesn't work, you can tell on, on the air. But we really get along great. Um, we 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 hang together. We go to dinner. Uh, we, the production means we're always there. And it over the, the days and the months and, and over that year and a half that I was there, uh, you could tell the chemistry. That's what, what it's all about. It's no, no different than a, a team, you know. Uh, it's not always the best players that when it's the team that has the best chemistry. And I think that's something that we morphed uh, in the TNT. Love it. We were just talking before we started recording how you played Shadow Creek 
yesterday. So yeah. tell us a little about the day you got out there with Wayne, who's an honorary member and he's got his own golf cart. You said, so what's the deal with that? Yeah, he's got a, he's got his little golf cart. It's got a big Canadian flag on it. So it's all, it's all decked out in Canada, you know, the red and white. Um, yeah, I've played many times there with Wayne. I, I'm lucky. I live in Vegas now, but over the years coming to Vegas, I've, I've probably played that course a hundred times. Um, oh, wow. Um, I like to rub it into some people because it's, you know, it's a hard place to get on. And yes, it's, it's you know, you guys play it, you guys play it. It's a gorgeous course. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a treat to play there. And, uh, anytime you can get out there, I played with, you know, Wayne and Darren Pang and John Cooper, John Cooper came in for a couple of days and, uh, uh, I was surprised. Coop's a good golfer. He's got a, for a guy that's, uh, for the last three, four years, you know, he's had a short summer. He's got a pretty good, like he has, he should have an excuse of not being a good golfer. I should, you know, been not being in the playoffs having about four months off. So, um, and actually Wayne is, um, Wayne's plays a lot of golf, but is a really good, uh, he's really turned into a really good golfer himself. Darren Pang's the best golfer of all of us though. Interesting. It's, I just mentioned Cooper. He actually uh, popped in on, on the desk uh, a couple of weeks ago. I thought he was fantastic. And I guess, does that kind of go to your point? They, Cooper can come in and they just the producers kind of let you guys figure it out or is John Cooper just you know that kind of smooth he's smooth um you know he's cool you know Coop uh actually I was supposed to go back in I did two uh, two shows and they asked me to do another one I said you know what I'd rather like you know get somebody else and I you know Coop's a buddy of mine I called him Wayne called him um and he he fit right in you know you know Coop can tell a good story obviously he knows uh, stuff about winning and leadership and I think he just you know when he was on there he just added a you know that element uh, that um, you know as a coach you know it's it's always good to have that coach's perspective uh, he really enjoyed it actually um, got to hang with the guys and stuff like that so yeah no Cooper Coop had a great time I know you're buddies with Wayne um, so I'm sure you've gotten to play a bunch of rounds with him what is he like for the rest of us who haven't gotten to play with him what's he like on the course I'm sure he's super competitive and you know when there's uh, a match on the line i'm sure you know he's pretty cutthroat yeah you know what he is to a point though he's uh you know you guys play with guys and some guys are just totally you know they're really competitive we all want competitiveness but some guys don't talk it's serious and right. uh, wayne's not that way he's yeah. uh it's an enjoyable brand same thing with mary Lemieux. i mean i, I don't throw names around but mario's a close friend i play i actually played golf last week with him in pittsburgh oh, amazing i don't play i don't play i don't play this much golf guys I, <laughs> it just seems like it but even like what like he's just a, he's a I mean Mary used to be a plus two at one time I think he's like right. a three handicap now but just it's it's so fun to play with them because they they're competitive but they also make you feel relaxed on the on the golf course when you get to play with guys like that um, and they like to play for a few bucks nothing major um, you know uh, have their cigar and uh, and play golf it's 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 a lot of fun it's an enjoyable round uh, the one the one thing I like playing with those two guys they they like when we play fast like. Yep. The, you know, there's not a lot of setting up shot, sh setting your shot up for a couple of minutes. It's like you, you, you know, you, you obviously set up and play, but it's pretty quick, and I like that. Have you gotten out on the course with Biz? We've seen his game with uh, Whitney uh, on YouTube and and all that. But have you take taken Biz out? And, and how is that? How has that been? No, I haven't, we haven't played. He's trying to get me on that show with uh, Sandberg. I was me and Wayne were going to do one episode. We couldn't make it work, but uh, I have not played with him. But uh, that would be a guy that I'd like to play with for four hours, you know, um, you know, he'd be, he'd be a funny guy to, uh, you know, the thing with biz though is, you know, he's not a good, he's like me. We're, we're not really great golfers, um, but we, we have a lot of fun and, uh, 
he'd be a guy for four hours that you probably want to play with. What's uh what's the best course you've gone to play, Rick? Where'd you play out in Pittsburgh with Mario? Did you get out yeah. to Oakmont or one of the great ones? I've played with Oakmont. Uh yeah. I played Oakmont a few times. Yeah. Um I used to belong I belonged to a course called Nevillewood. Yeah, um in sure. Pittsburgh. Nice course. Uh mm-hmm. we were a bunch of guys used to be a member there. I used to be a member. I, I I've had some memberships around uh uh Whisper Rock in Arizona. Sure. I was a member there for about 14 years. Uh, a couple other places in Florida. But uh so, you know, I I'm I, there's so many great courses, you know. Uh Pine Valley, I've got a chance to play. Oh amazing. You know, obviously Marion, Aronamic. Like I always like going to that top hundred and check you know the check marks and how many you've played. So there's been quite a few. Nice. There's still some I'd love to play. I mean, obviously the Augusta's the would be a, an, an incredible uh, get to get on that thing. But uh, yeah, I'm lucky to, to to play some great courses and obviously Pebble Beach and Spyglass, you know, Olympic Club, all that. You know, the Man, Northern California impressive route. So, yeah, list been, there. You've checked off a lot of the top hundred. Went to Scotland about ten, uh, about twelve years ago, and realized by the third day, if I don't have a knockdown shot in my game, I'm going to probably <laughs> shoot a hundred every day. So yeah. I finally figured out that day three. So I started having, you know, back in the stance, you know, that low shot. It, it, yep. it actually started playing a little bit better. Nice. When when the season starts, will you clubs in the garage for good? I know you're, you're going to be in Canada. It'll be a little cold. But on the road, will you get out during the season at all or, or no way? No, I'm pretty sure. I, you know, like I don't even for guys that live in warm weather cities. And I when I played in Phoenix, you know, every once in a while, a stress reliever to go out. I, I, I preach to the guys, but I don't think I, I want your handicap going up during our season. <laughs> I, I don't want it going down. I, I, I think, you know, Adam, actually, Adam Oates uh, used to tell me, um, and he's an avid golfer, but he he didn't like playing in season because it screwed up, it screwed up his shot, his hockey oh, yeah. shot, actually. So um, I kind of stay away from. I tell the players, pick your, you know, pick your spots once in a while, but. You know, you don't want to steady diet of golf during the season. I think hockey, you know, that's your craft. Be a little bit more serious in hockey. And, uh, you know, I, I, that's just the way I believe. Is there anyone monitoring that, you know, monitoring players' handicaps <laughs> if someone's getting a little too low during the season, you know, they get a, a letter or something? Well, when I was coaching in Vancouver, uh, Arizona, I would put that team, I mean, that they probably get the best handicap in the team. Clayton <laughs> yeah, Keller sure. is like a plus two. Nick Schmoltz, a scratch. Christian Fisher's a scratch. I mean, there's legitimately, uh, we had Brad Richards, uh, Richardson. He was on, yep. he was a scratch. We had about le- legitimately seven or eight scratch golfers. So Dang. I used to say that the problem is, you know, I said, we're trying to win the Stanley Cup, you know, not the Soheim Cup or all those other <laughs> But uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we had that, that team. Those, I, I played a couple of Phil Kessel plays, uh, he's like a five handicap, but he's a, He's one of those gambling golfers. Like he's really good when the yeah. when the pressure hits, and it makes sense, right? Because Phil's a pressure yep. hockey player. Um, but uh, yeah, it's fun to it's fun to play with those guys back in the days. Those guys those guys are very good. I know I know Keller's really close with Rom. I think they both shot sixty something at Silverleaf, sixty two oh, wow. or sixty three at Silverleaf a year, mm. uh, year ago. So, so yeah, they're a stick. They're a stick. Wow, Keller can play. All right, we got to talk a little Stanley Cup. Um, first off, just the. Florida Panthers were on eight seed. Um, obviously, they lost game one, but uh, just an incredible run. And, and Matthew Kachuk kind of coming into his own, probably pretty pretty impressive to you, I would imagine, right? Yeah, I think it's a lesson of players in general on teams and coaches that, you know, b- belief, uh, you're never out of it. You know, if Pittsburgh wins against Chicago at the end of the year, Florida's not in, right? Uh, and they take that chance. 
that opportunity and they, they turn it into the Stanley Cup finals. I mean, what a great story. Um, so, yeah, just it, it, it's really about the belief. You know, you're never out of it. You stick with it. Obviously, Matthew Kachuk, I, I'm really close with his dad. That family is, you know, obviously their pedigree in hockey is outstanding. But, uh, you know, Matthew has just, uh, you know, dragged that team into the fight, right? Uh, they're just a team that's scrappy. You know, even in game one, they lost. They hit three or four posts. You never know. I know that was a fortunate play at the, uh, you know, halfway through the game. But um, it's only game one. Um, and uh, But I'll tell you, Vegas is impressive. Probably have the best top the, – probably the best defenseman uh, defense depth in the league. And I think that's the reason why they're in the finals. Game two tonight. Uh, hopefully this will be up before that, um, but we could give you a chance to be a, you know, Nostradamus here. Who do you like tonight? Do you like Florida to bounce back or, or Vegas too much at home? No, I, you know what? I think it's going to be a really a tight game. It's one of those games where it's tight again. Um, and who's going to make that play, you know, uh, it's always about those special plays, you know, when you get that opportunity, like Stone, you know, he he gets that uh, turnover and he puts it in the net. Like somebody's, you know, it's like Florida. Florida this year in the playoffs, in the special moments, they made them every time. And, um, you know, they you, you watch against Boston and Carolina overtimes. They, you know, they they did the special play. So uh, I think it's going to be the same thing tonight. It's, uh, I think it's a, it's a coin, to uh, coin toss and it's going to be one of those big guys making that whether it's Eichel or Barkoff or one of those guys making that play. Uh, I think the goaltending is always going to be good. I think the structure, the, you know, the both coaches teach structure. I think it's really comes down to that, that one or two plays at the end. It seems like you Vegas, that arena is just, I mean, bumping and, you know, obviously a, a newer uh, team in that city, but you know, you mentioned you're out there. Uh, where do you think Vegas already ranks in terms of, you know, toughest place to play in the most electrified fan base. Yeah, if you they're one listen, they're one of the newer franchises. And I mean yeah. their franchise is terrific. Uh you know, they're acoustic, uh the 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 music they put in the shows. I think that uh, heightens the the uh the fan base, right? Um mm. there's other loud fan bases like just as loud. I just think the way Vegas pipes in the music and they get people going, uh it, it's just a it's 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 a show, you know, mm -hmm. it's Vegas, right? Um they do a terrific job, the pre-show and stuff, and I think it gets the fans cranked up, and you can tell the players feed off it. I mean, uh, they're they're all over it. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go actually go to, gonna go to the game tonight, and excited to see the start of it. It's it's always exciting. Gets a, you know, I'm gonna go as a fan and just kind of watch it. Sweet. Absolutely. Um, what was I gonna ask? Last one. Well, first off, I gotta get a Ranger question, and I'm a huge New York Ranger fan. Um, yeah. They're doing a little coaching search of their own right now. Um, any insider information on who that coach might be, or um, <laughs> you have no idea? I, I don't have any idea, but, you know, you'd you like to see a, a, maybe a Joel Quenville get back in the league. You know, I, I don't know where that's at. Um, you know, that'd be a, a, probably a Ranger. You know, they, they might be sniffing for a guy like him. Um, that's a hell of a hockey team there. They're, they, you know, they just need something to get over the hump. That could maybe he's that type of guy. I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, it's always enjoyable the rain, you know, even playing the Rangers going into New York and playing MSG. It's, it's always one of my highlights going in there. Sweet. Well, awesome. Rick, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, everyone check out game two and the rest of the Stanley cup finals on TNT. Uh, Rick, enjoy the game tonight out in Vegas and, uh, hope we'll catch up soon. Thanks, man. Yeah. Great. Thanks. Good questions, man. Thank you. All right. Thanks again to Rick for joining us.
Um, wow, big show, big lot of pucks, a lot of a uh, lot of golf, a lot of a lot, lot of gambling. Um, all right, let's do some picks for this coming week now. Um, as we look ahead to the RBC Canadian Open, um, is that right? Is that the right tournament? I'm 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 like so discombobulated <laughs> here. I yes. know we have the U.S. Open coming up next week. That's going to be big. That's a big one. U.S. Open. Keep that one in mind. Uh, yes, we have the RBC Canadian Open this week. Um, and the, uh, hey, huge week because Michael Block's in the field. So let's get <laughs> the way right now. Let's see. Where is he on the board here? Is he still getting more respect than some of these other guys? Boy, I hope not. I mean, let's see. I see no, some, he's some not. He's been dropping. I'm people scrolling. Tweeting that he's, uh, 800 to over one. U.S. Open qualifying. Three over. Yeah. Oh, is he really? Dang. Yeah. He's 800 to one. That's ahead of uh, Wesley Bryan is a thousand to one. So <laughs> there's a few other guys actually down here. If uh, if you could give me, I mean, put all the money, all of my assets on a matchup, Wes Bryan yeah. over Michael Block, I would yeah, triple, triple mortgage, double stamp, whale play. <laughs> you have to do it. Yeah, you, you would just have to. I mean, the odds would be heavily in your favor, even though the bookmakers have not made the odds. Yeah. Well, plus 600 to one. So just slightly better odds than <laughs> how the mighty have fallen. Um, Zach Blair, wasn't he just in the mix at a tournament? He's 600 to one. What the heck? He yeah, was in the he mix was. at a tournament well, in 2023. Yeah, he yes, was. Yes. He finished in like the top 10 of some tournament. Yep. Was that the, the tree farm golf club <laughs> member member? No, it was a real tournament. It wasn't Colonial, was it? Uh, he missed the cut at Colonial. He, uh, I don't see it here. Byron. And he was T47 nope. Wells Fargo. Is this Corn Ferry? Missed the cut there. What the heck? PGA Latino America, uh, Zach Blair. Maybe it was Wells Fargo. He was for a oh, minute. Valspar, Valspar, T10, and he had a bad round four. He finished T10 at Valspar. He, he, beat, uh, he beat Rory at Wells Fargo. That's pretty mm. pretty good. Or not right. Bad. Oh, you could have made some money uh, feeding Zach Blair in the final round at uh, Valspar. I, th- I think that would have also been a triple whale play lock. Yeah. Well, anyway, he's had some some mix. Um. All right, guys. Any uh any thoughts this week? Uh, Steve, you're the hot guy. You got to go. You're going for uh, three in a row here. Do mm. you just uh roll it into Rory? We know he dominates this place. It's the one place he seems to close the door. No, Actually, new course, different course. Oh, yeah. where are we at this year? Oakdale Home Club. Yeah. Really? Is this new or just a part of the I know they've had a rotation a bit. Is it a first it, first it time? Has, here? Yeah, I think it's hosted some stuff in the past. Um but okay. yeah, there's some videos on, on Twitter um of the course. It looks like just approach play is gonna be huge. So I don't think it's gonna be a Rory week. I mean, as Jack said, coming off 18th green, like if you have time sometime, we gotta talk. He said on the broadcast, like he's hitting these wedges, you know, with no finesse. It, you know, it's like he he's just going full bore on every swing. I think there's something to that. Um, mm. No, plus four fifty, not going to get my money. The first guy I would look at is Justin Rose. Um, he leads this field in strokes gain approach uh, over the last thirty six rounds per uh, RickRungood.com. Obviously, had the close call at last year's Canadian Open uh, when Rory won. He was right there in the mix, made that charge. And he, he's had a couple great tournaments. Uh, the last two, a twelfth place, um, with the Charles Schwab, and then you know, ninth of the PGA. He's 
playing some really good golf this year. Obviously, the Pebble win. So, um, Jay Rose getting my money at the top of the board. Interesting. What, what the what heck happened to Corey Connors? By the way, I dude. And was he? Is this? Was that a classic uh, look ahead game? I mean, he doesn't care about the Memorial yeah, to, the, to this major, the Canadian Open. Could be. That no, was brutal. Lost the top ten on that. Not to mention that outright. I'm not. And not Had, dude, Hadwin too. He shoots sixty nine the first round, and then he shoots seventy nine to miss the cut. Something was weird there. I didn't bet it. Believe it or not. Thank okay. God. But I almost bragged about it after after Thursday. I was he, waiting for you to brag about. It. Ooh, me too. Yeah. Lud- I didn't Ludwig. because I didn't bet it. We have Ludwig uh, Aberg in the field, mm-hmm. five to one. Can we keep the Scandinavian? golf going here after victor wins with uh with ludwig that wow that's i like that stuff. yeah he could easily win this tournament another uh, rosang in the mix here maybe yeah <laughs> there you go wow all right cp your thoughts what you got yeah i don't know who i like yet um maybe saw 30 to one um we'll always like him that's that's yeah yeah that's like a cam young just keep betting him until he wins right. I don't know. I haven't. I mean, maybe Hadwin. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know he shot seventy nine. I thought he made the cut. At least. Dude, no, it was crazy. He literally shot seven over on his last nine holes. I like <laughs> had him in DFS lineups, and he. I was like, all right, he's through the cut. Perfect. Like what? Jeez. Shot a forty three on the back. No. Um, Sahith, me do not break ninety at Olympia Fields Friday. Lock <laughs> over. <laughs> Over so one million beers drank at Dan Rapport's wedding. Also a luck. It depends what what tees we play though at Olympia Fields because you know if we're playing the up yeah. tees, maybe we can. It bring doesn't it. depend. All right. So what do you guys have lined up? So you mentioned you're going to Chicago for uh, our buddy uh, Dan Rapport's wedding. Um, I told him that the only wedding I went to in Chicago didn't happen. That was and I'm, that's a true story. Um, it, it got called off. Of oh my. But now those people now they're now they're they got married and they have oh, kids. They did. So yeah, it's great. To, to each other? Yeah, to each other. <laughs> and yeah. how long how after bounce, how do you bounce back from that? And Incredible bounce back. That's like a Jordan Speed bounce back. It is. Long, it's an all-time bounce back. How so, long did it take them? Like when did they get married? Uh, maybe like three years. years three years yeah, later. Okay. Yeah, yeah. A couple years later. Called off like day of on the altar. No, no, no. It was um I think it might have actually happened the weekend before, but he didn't have the guts to like tell us. And then <laughs> we're like messaging, we're in the wedding party, and I'm like, dude, oh like, God. what do we need for this or that? Like, and finally he like told us, and we're like, are you kidding? Me? <laughs> and uh, we had already booked our flights, and I was just like pretty new with Michelle, my my wife now. And she was all excited to go to Chicago. And we had a great hotel there right downtown. We got, you know, wedding block discount, whatever. And so my three college buddies and I, and with their their wives or whatever, we all decided, screw it, we'll still go. And so we went and we had a great, <laughs> we had a great trip, but it was kind of weird because, uh, yeah. And then we found out like a year or two later, a year later or something that he's engaged again. And and the wedding is going to be during the U.S. Open. I said, "Sorry, dude, it's the U.S. Open. <laughs> you don't get a second. Yeah. And, and also, you, you don't get, get a second, second chance. Right. Yeah, you're not get a second chance at this. I'm sorry, it's it's done. So the other guys, I think, did go. I did not go. I did have the work excuse, but I was 
I was I was like, what am I going to do? Go again? And I don't I don't know. Yeah. But I think it was at a different location this time. I don't think they did because that would have been weird. That would have been right. You got to change it up after that. Yeah, you got to change it up. So good luck to Dan Rapp. That's incredible. Yeah, it's better for him. And hopefully, you guys have a great golf trip. So so you got Olympia Fields lined up. Anything else? Yeah, I mean we're flying out Thursday. Just golf Friday and then the wedding Saturday. So quick weekend in, in Chicago, but same thing. Nice, you know, hotel downtown. We got the ladies. Everyone's excited for it. Um, yeah. And, and the funny thing is like the foreplay guys will be there. And last on last week's pod, uh, one of them were really shitting on CEO of golf digest for a call. Right. Like he wrote. So it might lead to some heated talk at the, you know, we'll see, we might even be at the same table, Oh man! Oh, you got it! You got it! I want a confrontation yeah. here, Frankie. What do you think about? Uh, you know, I don't really feel strongly about you know cursing on the golf course. I'm wondering what your thoughts are. <laughs> dress code. So, uh, I will definitely stand up to him. Though I mean, you, no, you both defend Jerry. Yeah. Defend Jerry. You know, of course. Yeah. Whatever you it know, takes. You know, always interested to see how things go in person as opposed to on the internet it's right. always I'm interesting always different. I, have, I have a feeling it will go a lot differently <laughs> yeah i think i think it'll like it always does you know it'll be cordial um because you have to look at a person's eyes so things change that's right that's right when that uh, happens so that sounds like a fun fun weekend um i know uh what's it called uh, to uh, the uh golf digest match play rolled on um, I did win my first, my opening match against Mike Stature. I was very fortunate to do so, though. This is unbelievable. I thought Mike was joking. He went on a trip to some, I forgot where it was, but I guess he was playing so badly, he gave his clubs away. <laughs> We've I, all I, joked about uh, doing that. We joked about it. We joke about it. He actually, and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, but what do you, and he's like, no, no, no I, I gave my clubs away. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but what do you, like, no, but you got him back. No, yeah. I gave him away. It was like to a professor friend of his somewhere. I'm like, so what are you playing with? Now, by the way, he's got a paradigm driver. <laughs> you know, souped up irons, I'm sure. I mean, he's the most he's important not- person in golf equipment. So like if anyone right. their clubs away, it's him right. and he'll he- get a nice set right. in return. Right. Now, was he like dialed in with, with his equipment like he could have been? No, I'm sure not. You know, but he was like, "Yeah, I found some clubs in the in the garage." Okay, you found some nice clubs. You're, you're, you have nicer clubs than me. You're, you're poking around your garage. You got a seven hundred dollar driver in the garage. In the garage. Yeah. Right, but he, I did play him without his real set. Uh, again, his fault. Um, it was a hideous match. The real thrill for me was getting to watch Drew Powell play. Young our new one of our newer hires. I know he's been around for a, a bit, but. Uh, he uh, he just graduated from Duke in 2021, so I I won't hold it against him because oh, his swing is so pretty. It was like watching Patrick Cantley out there, minus the slow play issues because he doesn't <laughs> doesn't have that. Gets over it, nice little waggle back. It just looks so pretty, and then bam, and he hits the shit out of it. Uh, the first hole, Richter Park, aka Trichter Park. Uh, a lot of tricks going on there. Uh, dog <laughs> dog like right downhill hole he measured that it was like 290 to this rock wall and he took out a hybrid and almost reached the rock wall now again downhill but still i mean this is a joke he, I mean, he's a plus three plus three incredible player now he lost 
because uh, and our producer Greg Gottfried is going to play one of our photographer guys. Our video, sorry, I always say video guys, our video guys, video guys. I played Greg Snedeker in the finals last year and lost a guy who shot a 73, but it wasn't even on his card because he played 85 rounds last year. You got to watch out for the video guys. Drew Powell goes down to Ben Walton, a 15, who I'm going to be playing next. Ben Walton was losing three down at the turn. I was like, all right, he's got no chance, whatever. All of a sudden he made like, I swear he made like four or five pars in a row. And meanwhile, Drew's making par, you know, just missing birdie, just missing birdie. Yeah. He's losing every hole. Ben could not miss on the back nine. He blitzed him on the back nine. Yeah. One, two, and one. It was incredible. He won, he won like f- four or five holes in a row because he just went like fairway green, fairway green, two. I mean, he just, it was like clinical by Ben Walton. So again, yeah, these CEO guys. They play a lot of golf. They first <laughs> went to California. They played more rounds on this trip to California than I've played all year, than either of you guys have played all year. They played 10 rounds on a week. All right, maybe not you guys. You guys yeah, got But you, for but, sure. Uh, yeah. For me, for sure. I think I'm up to, I think I am up to seven rounds now. Yeah. But uh, anyway, it was fun. We'll see what happens next. I have to play Ben. <laughs> Greg Gottfried, our producer, will have to play Mike Sneedon. Yeah, shout out to Greg. He's driving all the way to Cherry Hill, yeah. you know, at least two hours from the city, probably more to, to meet, you know, Sneedon uh, close Mike, by. So he's taking the train. He's taking, taking the train. The train. That's, and, oh, that's and huge. Joel Beal shoots a 73 and loses to Greg Snedeker, yep. who our defending <laughs> champ, because he was giving him like eight shots. I I had to give Greg three shots in the final last year. It's a it's an absolute travesty, and that's not to mention the biggest travesty of all: Mike Johnson taking down Sam Wyman. Which what what did we say last week? I said minus eight fifty were the odds. Oh, as I said, and Johnson's yeah. line is want to play car car house because I yeah. mean against Sammy, <laughs> there's no way. And Mike Johnson being a twelve or thirteen handicap against right. Sammy, they played straight up, and Mike Johnson shot a seventy nine as a twelve. <laughs> That's all I'll say. He was one over on the last seven holes. He dominated Sam. Uh, Sam was in it for nine. Give him good credit. for Sam to yeah, good you know Sam. hold his own because he really had no chance. No. Um, and so Mike Johnson has moved on as well. So watch out for him. Although that handicap must be coming down at least a couple ticks. I don't know. He it seems like he made up for it entering a little uh, eighty eight or eighty nine uh, the Classic. next couple of days. So. Yeah, but you just need a couple good ones on that card to. Uh, yeah, that's true. But, but 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 if you play enough like the video guys, then you you cycle. It <laughs> that's that's the key. You play great. You play a lot. You cycle it out, and and you move on at the at the golf digest match play. That's that's the uh, the formula. So <laughs> all right, guys, have a great trip to uh, Chicago. Um, although I guess we will be. That's that's next week. What are we talking about? We got plenty. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. Before that, um, good luck in their in their golf digest matches if they're coming up, and uh, good luck with all the bets this week. Uh, good luck with the with the pucks bets as well. I know that those are flying as well. So um, anyway, thanks for joining us. Uh, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Thanks as always to our producer Greg Gottfried. Thanks again to our guests Smiley Kaufman, Rick Tockett. Check back next week when we have a another super show previewing the U.S. Open. See ya. Boom. All right. Good stuff. Got it done. It's a fun one. one. Yeah. Yeah.